Welcome back to the Jordan Syatt Mini Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I have an amazing episode for you today because I speak with Inner Circle member Claire, who first and foremost has lost 120 pounds, which is nothing short of incredible. So we talk about that and how she was able to accomplish that. But after that discussion, we talk about several things. Number one is how Claire is going to be able to increase her calories, even though it's something that she's fearful of, that she can be scared of increasing her calories after spending so much of her life wanting to lose weight. We talk about how she can increase her calories in a way that's sustainable and enjoyable. And we also talk about really the majority of the conversation is what type of goals she can set now that she's achieved her weight loss goal. Now that the idea of weight loss is over, what can she focus on and how can she accomplish certain goals like getting her first chin up, increasing her deadlift to two times body weight, and a number of other goals? What can she focus on and how can she do it to achieve those goals to continue to have fun and sustain a healthy fitness-focused lifestyle? So I hope you enjoy the episode. If you do, please leave a five-star review on iTunes. And if you'd like to join the Inner Circle, you can do that at the link in the show notes, www.sfinnercircle.com. Let's get into the episode. Cool. Amazing. All right. And Claire, we're live. How's it going? Yeah, not bad, thank you. I'm just back from a week in Tunisia, so. Tunisia? Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it was. It was cool, yeah. Who'd you go with? Yeah. With my, with my family, with my husband and son, I've got um, a 16-year-old son, Fred, he's at college. So we had a week away. We never thought we were going to get to go with all the situation, but it kind of worked out, so that was good. That's incredible. That must have been so fun. Yeah, it was nice to get away and have some time off work, actually, to be honest. So. And, and where are you based out of now? Um, so I live in the UK, a place, a small village, um, about 15 miles west of Norwich, which people probably won't have heard of, but I'm about two hours north of London. Got it, got it. Okay, amazing. And, and you grew up there? No, I'm from the north of England originally, which I've got I've got a strong northern accent. Um, <laughs> I moved down here for work after university. I'm a scientist. Wow. So what kind of science do you do? Um, I did biochemistry at university, then I did a PhD in protein crystallography so I solve 3d structures of proteins that might be important in their function wow well so. that's very impressive <laughs> that's well, amazing. that's very cool yeah it's a different kind of job do you like it yeah I do like it most of the time it's like anything it has times of challenges it's quite hard work um but yeah yeah I work with great people and yeah I do a lot of training now and teaching students and yeah it's great it's very varied That's and cool. you get to use your brain a lot but it probably explains um, I'm quite into data and stats so um, that feeds into like weight loss and things as well and probably with my scientist brain I, I like to have facts and information makes makes total sense it makes total sense so so with that said how about I mean I, I know you've said you say you lost 120 pounds yeah, about about that. So, I mean, do you want me to give do you want me to give you a bit of background? Yeah, I want you to tell me everything. Give me background, and I yeah, I'm very excited about this. Okay, so I've been overweight most of my life, actually, since a child, and you know, I've had times when I've lost a little bit and then put a bit more back on. So I was probably your classic yo-yo dieter through my teens and twenties, um, and. 
about 10 years ago, so my son was about five, six then, you know, my weight had started going up and up actually after I had him. I think it was the change in routine and everything and I got to the biggest I'd ever got to and I was over 300 pounds um, and really unhappy actually. And um, I think there's normally a turning point that makes you want to lose weight. And for me, I love travel and holidays. And um, it got to the point that when we went away, I was really scared that the seatbelt on the plane wouldn't fit. I wouldn't be able to do it up. And it it made me really anxious, actually, for weeks before going. And I had like some long haul flights where I managed to fasten the seatbelt, but I was really uncomfortable. And I always felt like I was that fat person on the plane. And it kind of was starting to affect my life and I didn't want things to be like that so I kind of made a decision to change things and I think that was the key point where things have changed properly and it was probably about 11 years ago so quite a long time ago and um, it's not been plain sailing since then but um yeah I mean since then you know I hit uh, my original target was to get to 90 kilograms I haven't done what that is in pounds but um and I hit that when during the COVID lockdown. So, yeah, I mean, I, there's been lots of steps along the way. Um, I started with fitness, with the boot camp fitness. That was my first sort of um, challenge I set myself when I started this. And then that progressed into me tracking and learning to use my fitness pal and working on my nutrition and lots of small challenges. I had a bit of a blip in the middle where I went backwards a bit and, you know, that was difficult um but then I changed some things around I learned from that and I moved personal trainers and hit it again and then I lost that plus some and got to my target and now I'm below that 90 kilogram target so yeah it's kind of where I am now I joined you um just before our UK lockdown in 2020 okay um because I knew that I wouldn't be able to go in the gym. So I need, I kind of felt I needed some additional help and support. So I joined the inner circle at that point. I've been following you for quite a long time before that. And I liked your attitude and how you approach things. Um, so I joined like probably March 2020, something like that. Um, and I used it for the accountability of the Facebook group to keep me focused during the UK lockdown. And that's when I hit my target. And I've now swapped completely from my PT to using the addition workouts with you. Let's go. I love it. it well, f so there's a lot to say. First and foremost, huge congratulations on all of your your success. That's extraordinary. Um, I actually, I do have one question I want to ask, but I, I want to just reiterate. It's very impressive how much progress you've made. And I, I want to say huge congratulations because um, you've done something that, many, 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 many people all over the world want to do and they don't believe they can do it. Uh, and so for you to to make it happen, it, it's it just, it warrants a tremendous congratulations. And I want to say that and, and hope you know how impressive it is. Um, yeah, sometimes it doesn't feel like that because I'm just a normal person and you struggle, but thank you very much. Yeah, no, and that's that's the whole thing, right? It's like, you are just a normal person just like every one of us. And and it, that's one of my favorite things about these conversations because it shows that, that any normal person can do it, like anyone. And, and it's not doesn't mean it's gonna be easy at all, uh, but it does mean that 
you can do it. And it's sort of actually what I wanted to ask about, if that's okay. Can I ask you a question about something? Yeah, you can ask me anything, yeah. So you said something that was very interesting. And one of the things that I would ask people when they tell me a story like this is, is I usually ask, like, what was it that got you, that got you, like, what what was the spark that you needed? But um, I actually want to ask about something else. I, I know you spoke about the, the seatbelt on the airplane. You said something else that I actually found very interesting. You said there was a little blip in the middle where you went backwards. And I want to talk about that because a lot of people have these periods of time in which they gain more weight or they fall off track or whatever it is, and then that's the end of it. But clearly there was this blip and then at a certain point you got right back on and then you kept going and you achieved your goal so could you tell me about this blip like what caused it how long did it last what happened during that time and and how'd you end up moving back forward yeah so when i first started out i started with a company called body transform fitness and it was a boot camp and that type of thing and they were brilliant and you know huge thanks to them because they got me started at the start of this journey um but after i've been with them for i guess maybe about four or five years um i got a bit bored doing the same thing with them and i sort of started to dabble in a bit of weights with them and strength training which i liked but they then changed the time of their sessions and it didn't work out and i had to go at 5 30 in the morning and i'd done that for three years and <laughs> I, I don't know it just it just just all got a bit much and when they changed the time the sessions it was the deciding factor that I decided I'd I'd reached the end of the road with them and need to do something different and maybe I'd got a bit um so anyway so I, I joined a local gym instead and maybe I got a bit complacent in that I thought oh like I didn't think I knew it all but I thought I'd be okay to do it on my own and I wasn't um so I joined the gym and you know I carried on going to the gym but then without the group accountability I found it hard and it slipped my nutrition started to slip a bit so I enrolled with a personal trainer there and that stopped the weight going up which it had been doing but he wasn't the right fit for me he um he was really unreliable and I felt like I was paying him and actually I, I don't know it really it helps if you've got somebody that you know is as kind of committed to you as you are to them and then you you don't want to let them down you work hard and I didn't have that um so I stopped gaining but I I kind of maintained at the higher level then and I went away on holiday to Panama and I thought right I need to I'm not going all the way back like I, I need to get this under control so um I approached somebody else, a gym, a different PT trainer, a lady called Victoria Mandy, who's brilliant, and I still kind of work with her a bit. Um, and I had a, a, a chat with her, and I guess I knew what worked for me. So when I had my initial consultation with her, I could say before I signed up, I could, you know, see what she would offer and what I needed and whether we were a good fit if that makes any sense yeah of course um and yeah it worked out really well so I started with her and she was completely different in terms of her approach and I mean I'm actually really committed and I can be really motivated and I'm quite harsh on myself so I actually need somebody that is just a little bit encouraging 
Mm. And her style just suited me a lot better. And um, I've worked with her for the last, you know, three and a half years. And, you know, got me back to where I was plus a lot more. And I think at the time I was really, I felt a bit of a failure when I put like a lot of the weight back on. But if I look back in a positive way about it, it was a huge learning curve. I learned a lot during that time about what works for me and what doesn't work for me and where it can all fall apart so I'm hoping that I don't do that again (laughs) well no I I love that um I love how you looked at it deliberately with an optimistic light and and for whatever it's worth I know you said you, you hope you don't do that again I think that's probably one of if not the greatest fears of anybody who who loses a significant amount of weight right it's like you spend such a, a huge portion of your life wanting to lose weight, and then you finally feel like you get there or are close to where you want to be, uh, and then the fear of regaining it all it can be petrifying. And I think it's one of the reasons, actually, why uh, one of, if not the reason, why many people who've lost a lot of weight really struggle with increasing their calories when they need to, uh, because they've spent literally their whole life trying to eat less which uh which is what they did when they when they finally were successful they ate less and they lost weight the idea of increase deliberately increasing calories to something that might be more sustainable long run can be very very scary and i'm not sure if that's maybe something you're going through now or not but the the idea the fear of regaining it all is is very real and valid um but from everything that you've said it's important for you to know that you have all of the tools and all of the knowledge and all of the patience and and all of the wherewithal to to not let that happen and and i believe in you a hundred percent Thank you. And I think that's part of the reason that I wanted to talk to you because um, I can't do it again. I mean, I realise I'll have fluctuations, but there'll be sometimes I'm light and sometimes I'm heavier, but I can't I can't lose, you know, over that £100 again. Like, I just can't go back and do that. It's, you know, it's it's been 10 years of really hard work, you know, and learning curve. And um, I was 50 at the end of July so when I originally approached you it was a it was a month before my 50th birthday and I kind of felt that it was a time just to look forward as to where I want to go now and where I'm going with this and what I can do now because actually in some ways looking back although it was difficult actually losing the weight was maybe the easy bit (laughs) yes that's exactly right because like you have a lot of rewards when you lose weight, you know, people comment, you know, you know, you feel better, you buy smaller dresses and, you know, you start to look a lot better, you feel fitter, you can do more in the gym. I've been training in the gym now quite seriously now for about four or five years. So you don't get those easy newbie gains either with the strength gains. So everything now is... Um, it's kind of hard and I realize you know when people say that there's no finish line there really isn't a finish line and I I know that but it's it's trying to I like to have a plan and a you know some goals and things of where I'm going and I thought hitting 50 was a good time to sort of think of the next decade where do I want to be when I'm 
60? What do I want to be doing? And how do I think about approaching that? And what would work best for me is kind of what I wanted to talk about, really. Wow, I, I love that. I am very excited for this conversation. Uh, it's funny because you never know where these conversations are going to go. Um, I love this. This is very exciting. And I want to say, just based on what you said, you are significantly further along than most people ever get to. Most people are never consistent enough to ever get to the point where they realize, oh, actually losing weight, unfortunately, that's the easiest part of it all. Um, yeah. And and to also understand that you need more, like you need, there's more to this, you need more goals. And I guess this is like more like a philosophical, it could be sort of philosophical when you really think about it, but especially once you get to the point where, okay, I can't just only continue to want to lose weight. Like at some point that has to end. Now it's like, okay, well, what what can I focus on more than just weight loss or reducing my clothing size? Like what other goals are there? What are the other possibilities? Because when it comes to sustainability, there are very few people in the world who could consistently work out and, and focus well on their nutrition if they don't have a clearly defined goal that they can achieve. Most people, they will lose interest, and that's myself included. If I don't have a clearly defined goal of what I want to achieve, I will lose interest and I will stop working out. I don't work out because I love it. I would way rather lay on the couch and watch Netflix and like, I would way rather do that to be honest, but because I have clearly defined goals that matter to me, that makes it worth it to get in the gym and do what I need to do. Like, it, I think a lot of people have this misconception that, oh, well, you just love working out, so you'll do it. No, I, I don't love it so much that if I didn't have a goal, like if I, it, the goal is what drives you, that's what really gets you there. So I think this is going to be a wonderful conversation. And the fact that you're already here and that you know this speaks volumes to how much you've accomplished already and how much of, of a more advanced mindset you have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so talk to me. Do you have any goals that you've already thought of that you think you want to to achieve that you want to look forward to in the coming decade? So, I I guess where I am, if I haven't been on holiday to Tunisia last week, I'm within, I'm staying between sort of 165 pounds and 190 pounds. I've got quite a a wide range because my body is crazy so if I had in Tunisia you know I ate what I wanted I didn't go crazy but I did eat what I wanted I didn't record my macros I didn't record my calories I was on holiday I had fun and I, that's important to me um but I consequently put on 16 pounds in one week and that <laughs> is that is absolutely normal for me and five years ago that would have sent me, um, the one week would have become three weeks, would have become four weeks. But now, I mean, today I was back at work, I'm back on it. And I know, I know it's not 16 pounds of fat. It will, it will come down, it'll come down slowly, but it will come back off again and I'll get back to where I was. I was at a really good point at the lower end before I went away. So I, I guess looking forward long-term, I'd like to stay within that white range, but that's kind of quite a negative goal. It's not very exciting. It just seems like I don't want to put it back on. I, and I'm quite like a high energy, I, um, passionate person. So I want something I can really get my teeth into that I'm excited about, that I could work on. And 
feel it like it's a new challenge and you know yeah um, i love so that i love that and, and just so just so you know i wouldn't call that a negative goal i would just like you can have different goals you can have multiple goals and i think it makes sense so for example in terms of goals it's not like working out the the only goal you can have is build a bigger deadlift right like you can one goal could be build a bigger deadlift and another goal could be to keep your bench press the same and then the, another goal could be to increase your chin up right so yeah and i use the bench press one deliberately because in this example you would like to maintain a certain weight range right you're not interested in necessarily losing or gaining you want to maintain like this certain range where you feel happy and healthy and comfortable but there are other goals you want to achieve so it, you're not this isn't the one that you're solely relegated to this is just one of the goals you have and and for whatever it's worth i have the exact same goal with my weight like i have a range i like to keep it in if my weight gets too high then i know all right stop eating like an asshole like you've had weight you don't need to have another donut before bed like just <laughs> go like have more vegetables um and then and then there are other times where i can tell where maybe I've been doing a cut or I've been whatever it is and I can feel that my my energy is down and my performance isn't as where it should be because I've been I've been my body fat is a little bit lower and I'm like all right let's like actually eat a little bit more and like that's a, a healthy range I think people really run into issues when they're like all right well I want to maintain this exact weight which you already know that's not going to happen you have a it's weight not gonna range. Work. and and I think you know life is for maybe I could get a little bit lower but um for me I mean for somebody that's been over 300 pounds for a lot of their life this way I'm the smallest and the fittest I've ever been so I'm kind of quite happy in around this range and I can at this range you know I can have a social life and go out you know I don't need mega defined abs you know I want to look good it is a bit about aesthetics but it's not all about that. It's about being able to have a balance between working hard but having fun as well. Amen. I love that. That is, you said that perfectly. You said that infinitely better than I could have. I absolutely love that. And I, I'm just, I'm very impressed. Like you're very clear and logical about this. Um, I think a lot of people struggle with what you just articulated so concisely. And clearly, I think a lot of people have real emotional battles over that about, okay, well, I want to lose more weights so that I look better in a bikini, but I also want to really enjoy life. And and they have this um, tremendous cognitive dissonance and and they, they want to do both. And for you to realize, listen, like I want to look good, but I'm also, I want, want to enjoy life. And so you, you very clearly and logically come to a point where you're like, this is that line where I am right now. This is the line. And you know, like if I cross the line, then I'm probably not gonna be able to enjoy life as much as I want. And I know it like getting shredded abs isn't really going to make me that much happier, if any, and it's definitely not going to be worth the cost of not enjoying my life as much. So you've, you've arrived like that's, I love this. Um, now for me, my next step is looking towards performance related goals, uh, looking for not even necessarily nutrition, uh, related goals, but something that your body can do, whether it, it could be anything, it could be deadlifts, it could be chin-ups, it could be push-ups, it could be a handstand, it could be running a mile, it could be, uh, doing splits, it could be any number of things. Um, 
So it's funny that you said the handstand because that was one of my goals um, before I was 50 to be able to do a handstand against the door. And in lockdown, my, my son, he's 16 now, and um, every day we had handstand practice. And when we first started, I used to lie on my tummy on the floor and he used to try and lift my legs up and I was saying Fred put me down I can't do this and now I can kick up into a handstand at the door I still need him there just in case but um that was really exciting and because I had him involved with it it it, it made it fun and a giggle and it wasn't serious you know but I've been there and done that so I'm running out of ideas I mean I've got I had a target this year to deadlift my body weight and I did that last month. Nice. Let's um, go, Claire. That's amazing. Um, so I now want to get like five reps of my body weight, but it's going to be really slow progress, I think, because it was it was really difficult. I mean, I worked quite hard to get that. Yeah, yeah. Listen, yes, I, I and I love where you're going. All right, I'm like all over the place because I'm so excited. Congratulations on that huge accomplishment. Uh, deadlifting your body weight is a massive goal. Um, and and I would argue most people never get there. So huge, huge congratulations. Uh, I love that you've already done the handstand thing like, and, and you noticed how fun it was and exciting and how when you have a performance-based goal, it's something that you can look forward to. You can look forward to doing and, and even if, even while you're doing it, it's not necessarily something you don't like. You actually, you enjoy it. Nobody likes losing weight. Nobody likes being in a calorie deficit. Like I talk about it a lot because that's how you get to that goal, but I'm, it's not fun. No one's like, yeah, time to be in a calorie deficit. Let's go. Like that sucks. But it is fun to hit a deadlift goal. It is fun to work towards getting a handstand against the wall. Like that's so fun. So that's where, all right, this is where we need to find what's fun to you. So it sounds like, deadlifting is fun to you do, do, so and i know you said you want to get five reps at at your body weight do you want to stick with that goal do you want to make another deadlift goal as well like your your body weight was one rep do you want to get to like uh i would say maybe working towards an ultimate uh, an ultimate goal of a of a potentially two times body weight deadlift but maybe an intermediary of 1.5 times body weight i think that's a, a really great goal to shoot for what do you think about that Wow, that that's that sounds like difficult, really difficult. <laughs> <laughs> it is very difficult. But then I, I guess because actually getting the body weight took a long time and you know it's tough. You think I could increase it by that much in a year? Two in years? A year. That, that's a good question. Um I think you could definitely increase it by that much. I think within a year. It's definitely possible to increase it that much, but I don't know if it's necessarily intelligent. And I'll say the reason is because sometimes when you try to increase weight too quickly, you end up getting an injury, right? Um, yeah. I would say the goal for the year should be 1.25 times your body weight. Um, and if you end up going more, great. If you end up getting 1.3, 1.4, 1.5, awesome. But I think a good intermediary goal is a 1.25 times body weight deadlift by the end of, of a year. Um, and then in- So say by end of 2022. Correct, yeah, by end of 2022, I think that would be a great goal. Very, very realistic, by the way. I think you could do a little bit more than that. 
Um, and then I would say a, a cool like two to four year goal time would be uh, a, a two times body weight deadlift. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even just that laugh is like, cool, that's the right goal. That is one correct goal because you're like, cool, like that's exciting and almost like scary at the same time. But it's it's a really cool thing to look forward to and then be like, yeah, I did that. I deadlifted two times my body weight. That's crazy. It is quite scary and it's quite, um, when I started with about three or four years ago, more seriously with the strength training, um, I realized that actually it's my mobility is really bad. My knees were bad. And so when I first started, I just couldn't do a lunge at all. And even with support holding on the side, I really struggled. But now I can do them no problem. Well, I still hate them. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I'm, do I'm doing the October edition at the moment. So I do it like sort of two weeks behind when you bring them out. Perfect. And you've got the forward lunges in that. And, you know, I do do it with weight now. And, I, you know, I'm, I can do them without support. And I can do them with, it was five kilogram dumbbells this time in my hands. So. That's amazing. Um, but with the deadlift, I had to I had to start quite low because my my form wasn't very good. And um, it's a lot better than it was now. So Good. That's amazing. That's incredible. What what about yeah. what what about other goals that you think you'd like to do? Like, what's one more? What's like what? Or let me see this. And let me frame it in another way. What is one of your favorite things to do in the gym? So, if I answer the favorite thing, I like um, bench press. I'm better at upper body than lower body because it takes the knees out of it. So my form is better, and I enjoy it more because of that. Mm. That makes um, sense. So I enjoy bench press, but I would like to, I, I, I'd really love to be able to do a chin up because I think that looks cool. Hell <laughs> but, yeah. um, yes, I've been does. kind of practicing throughout the year, but I can't, I, I can do more with bands now, but I'm still quite a long way off being able to do one body weight chin up. You, you know, when, um, when Susan and I first started working together in 2015, Susan couldn't do one chin up. You know that, right? I didn't know that, no. When Susan and I first started working together in 2015, we have videos. She was using the bands when she first started. And now she can do chin-ups with 45 with pounds strapped around her waist. Yeah. Like with 20 kilograms around her waist, she can do a chin-up. Uh, it, it gets me excited to get other people into the idea of getting your first chin-up. Because I bet there was a point in your life when, when you probably didn't think it was possible to lose all that weight. I guarantee you that there was, if someone told you several years ago that you'd be deadlifting your body weight, you'd be like, get the hell out of here. Like, no way. And that I think a chin-up is the ultimate expression of, of, of mastery, of like upper body strength mastery. And I very much believe that within three to five years, you'll be able to do on a definitive chin up and probably in less time than that but i also like to give some buffer room but i very much believe that before before you're 55 you will be okay. able to do a, a chin up i very much believe that i had a sudden thought when you were talking there that i not thought of before around it so you know in kids playgrounds they have the monkey bars oh yeah i love monkey bars i'd love to be able to do a length of the monkey bars mm. 
that is also very exciting because that's... I'd not thought of that one before, but when you said, because that's kind of like something I could never do as a child and it'd be kind of cool just to rock off to a playground and think, hey, I can just do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I love, let's do that. Let's get you to just go all the way across the monkey bars. Let's do that. So, so, so here, we're going to, we're going to make a little plan. Um, here, here's the thing for the chin up. So you, you already do the inner circle monthly editions. So, you know, there are chin ups within there. Um, have you done any of the chin up specialization programs in the inner circle? No, it was one of my questions actually related to that. So because I only started doing, so I, I did, I joined when you had kick COVID in the dick. That's when oh, I started yeah. and I did that. And then because I was still working with my PT and doing her workouts, once the gyms reopened, I went back to doing her workouts. And it's only since July that I swapped over to doing all your workouts. And I've been doing the additions since then. I haven't missed one. Wow. I, um, love I absolutely love that. And because it was like sort of future proofing, I kind of, I, by the way, I love your app and the way everything's structured. It's so easy to use. I like the consistency tracker. I use that. And, oh, good. Thank you. Um, and I just thought it's something that I could carry on doing. And because you change it and refresh it, I don't get bored. So it, I just thought it was a really good thing for the next 10 years to kind of stick with. So that was the plan. I love that. Um, but. I mean, I've looked at the deadlift domination and the other, because when I first joined you, I it was like a sponge. I soaked up all your information. I watched every <laughs> video and looked at I'm just a bit like that. I'm a bit geeky. I'm a scientist. I like data <laughs> and I like reading things. Um, but so I've been doing the additions, which I like. But obviously, if I want to increase my deadlift, it might be quite good to do deadlift domination or the chin-up specialization. And I was just a bit wary because I wasn't sure whether it was better to do an addition or it was better to do something like that? Yeah, so so here's the thing. Um, if, if all you do is the additions, your deadlift will get stronger, your chin-up will get stronger, uh, all of it. Like my, the main focus for the inner circle workouts, as I'm sure you know by now, it is it's overall strength and performance. Uh, mobility is a big part of it, core strength, uh, but just getting you stronger and, and you will get stronger as long as you do them. Um, now one concept of th there are a couple things in terms of you, you hit on one of them, which is like, it's just fun to do new programs, right? Which is why we have a new program every month. Like if you do the same program over and over and over again for months and months and months, you get bored of it. So, and, and there are physiological benefits that actually require a, a new program once every four to eight weeks or so, but four weeks is a good amount of time to, to progressively overload in a program and to get stronger and then to get before you get the new program. Um, that being said, I remember the first time I ever did a specialization program when I was in high school and that was fun. And I, I remember, so I, I did a, I actually did a chin up specialization program in high school, which I, I didn't write it. I found it online and, uh, it really wasn't that good. I think mine and the inner circle is way better, but I remember I loved it because for the first time in my training life, I had, I had dedicated one month to just hyper-focusing on that one thing. And it brought a really, a, a new, it ignited a new sense of motivation in me in my workouts. Um, and, and I'll never forget that. And I have certain times like that in my own training now where, you know, I'm gonna do a specialization phase on this. And 
it, it, it's a sort of a break away from the traditional programming that is more all encompassing and has brief periods of time where you go super hard on one thing. And it doesn't mean the other things get weaker or you don't train them. It just means you do enough to maintain them. And this one thing you, you try and go absolutely as hard as you can on it to see the most amount of growth in the, in a shorter time frame. Um, so if all you do is the, is the regular additions, then you will continue to see great growth and, and it will be very uh, all encompassing, um, a more like holistic program that it, that really covers your full body in general. But if you do one of the specialization phases, the other stuff will improve. But for example, if you do a chin up specialization phase, you will make more progress in that one phase than you probably would in two to three phases of an over or an overall good program, because it's it's just a hyper focus. Now here on you might someone might say, well, why don't you do a, a specialization phase for longer? Well, because the issue with specialization phases is they really open you up to overuse injuries and to not progressing on the other things as much as you'd like. So the majority of your year should be done doing all-encompassing holistic based strength training like the inner circle additions. But I'd say between two to three, maybe two to four months out of the year, if you want to have some specialization phases, that's a really good way to break things up and have some times of accelerated growth in one thing you really want to focus on. Okay, so it sounds like that maybe if we're thinking of like a year ahead, at yeah. some point in the year, I should maybe do the deadlift domination and the chin-up specialization and in between them, do the additions. Correct. That's exactly right. And I'm glad you said that because I wouldn't want you to do one specialization phase immediately followed by another specialization phase. So I wouldn't want you to do deadlift domination and then immediately after do chin-up um, because the specialization phases, the one the ones that I have, there are, there are other specialization phases that, for example, bodybuilders might do a specialization phase for their shoulders, for example. Um, they might do a four-week phase just for shoulder growth, which is it's a little bit different program design. I, I'm not a bodybuilder. I don't do bodybuilding. I do more strength and performance. But the the specialization phases, deadlift domination, the chin-up, they're intense. And when I say intense, I mean it's going to be challenging your your central nervous system way more than in one of the regular addition programs, which it challenges it, but it's not overly intense. Like it's enough for you to recover. It's enough for you to continue to get stronger and feel better. You'll notice in, in the, the specialization phase programs, like they are incredibly difficult uh, from a, a neuromuscular central nervous system perspective. And if you tried to do two in a row over the course of three or four months, it it, it could be very draining uh, and potentially injurious. So I'd rather, if you're gonna do them, do one, and then take three to four months of just doing the regular programs, and then several months later do another uh, specialization phase. Okay, cool, that sounds great. That sounds quite exciting as well, actually, because it's something different to do. Yeah, absolutely. And it, deadlift domination is is literally the my favorite program I've ever written, and I've written thousands of programs. Deadlift domination is without question my favorite program I've ever written. Uh, the amount, like, I don't know what you're more excited about, whether it's the chin-up or the deadlift. I would imagine, tell me if I'm wrong, I'd imagine it's deadlift because you've seen real great progress with it, and you might not be fully in 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 belief that you'll be able to get a chin up yet but i bet as your chin up 
progresses and you get very close to that first one, you're gonna you're gonna be switching over to the chin up being your favorite. But I, I don't know which one you're gonna want to do first. But deadlift domination is my all time favorite, and the amount of strength you will gain in those eight weeks doing deadlift domination is it's gonna blow you away. I promise. Okay. Cool. That's that's that sounds like a plan. That sounds like when I finish maybe this October edition, because I've got um one and a half weeks left of it. Maybe I should start the deadlift domination. Yeah, absolutely. Um, cool. So so for deadlifting, we have a goal of a one point two five body weight deadlift within the next year, two times within within the next five years, which I definitely think you'll be able to do. Um, yeah. For chin ups. Um, I would say you, I, I would say, how about this? I'd say within the next, here, here's what I think from a, I'm going to say uh, what I think realistically you're going to be able to do. And then like more like a, from a, a long-term view, what I think might be a good goal objective. I think within one year, if you, if you follow the programs and you, and you do the specialization phase, I think within, within one year, you're going to be doing an unassisted chin up just to be honest. Yeah, I like and, and it could be even sooner than that. Um, but I'd say within within a year, getting your first unassisted chin up. And um, I'd say here, here, the cool thing about chin ups is this. Once you get the first one, the, the, it's so much easier because it's funny. A lot of times people are like oh, I, just, I feel so heavy just hanging down and hanging here, hanging here. It, this is going to sound hippy dippy. You know, I'm a science guy, but I feel like so much of that feeling heavy is actually emotional weight, like the, this psychological weight of like not believing you're able to overcome it. And and I say this because I've seen so many people, and especially women, who spend years trying to get their first one, and as soon as they get the first one, then they can do five. And it's yeah. like they just it just had to. It's the emotional weight of not believing. Mm-hmm that actually keeps you down and hanging. And once you proved yourself that you can actually grind through that, just pull, 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 pull. Oh my God, I'm over the bar. Like, cool. And then now that weight is gone. And now you can actually do what, what you know you can do. Yeah, cool. So, so does that make sense for deadlifts and chin-ups? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I've written that down as well. I love that. And then do you... How how close are you to monkey bars? <laughs> Do you have any monkey bars near you? Well, we have them in the gym on the um on the rack thing, and I've never oh, dared because I never used to be able to even hang on the bars, but I can do that now. But I'm quite I'm quite I'm not very confident in my ability. So actually, hanging, I'm scared of like drop it off <laughs> that sounds really stupid but no it doesn't sound I, stupid I think a lot of it will be about having the courage to move move a hand do you see what I mean so I, I could hand there now how how long can I, you hang I don't know I'm not tried maybe 30 seconds okay minutes that's a lot that's a long time so, so here's what I'm gonna say number one is is it a, a big drop from the from the monkey bars is it a bit like you don't want to jump down you you have a box to put underneath you it's not that big a drop it feels probably feels like more of, I think probably what I need to practice first is just dropping down so I know that it's okay mm-hmm. I love that progression that's very smart okay 
Well, because or, until I'm confident yeah. that I'm not going to fall off, I'm not going to move my hands, am I? Do you see what I mean? So it's a bit. Yeah, that makes like so just so you can see, hey, this isn't a big drop. Like I'll be safe. Yeah, that. So yeah. here, so here's what the next challenge is. Then the next challenge is this. Um, number one, you're going to go to the monkey bars, and you're going to uh, you're you're. I want you to literally just drop and and land, <laughs> and I want you to land. And if if you want to put like a, a couple mats underneath you, so like you you make sure you feel safe. If you want, you could start like. I don't, I don't know how high it is, so it's difficult for me to say. Uh, I know some of them are really, really high, in which I'm like, right, you shouldn't drop from there. But if, if it's only a couple inches of a drop, just uh, that's your your first thing to accomplish. Is I just, think it's probably it's probably an okay height. It's not really close to the ground, but it's I, I'm quite tall. I'm five foot eight, so it's not a. It should be fine, it. I think. Okay, so that's your. It's the, more in my mind than the distance. I think it's safe to drop. It's more that I don't feel it's safe, but I think it is safe. So the first the first accomplishment for you to get, and I want you to post about this in the inner circle, is when you do it, is just dropping front. Just that's it. Just drop. I don't care how long you hang. Just drop. Just make sure you you drop and you land, and then because once you do that, like you said, the the fear will be removed, and that will open up so many more avenues of success. So that's number one. The first thing you just have to drop. The second goal that I want you to get here is to, uh, I'd like you to get to at least 30 seconds and you have to time it at least 30 seconds hanging from, from the bar. Okay? okay. Just, just dead hanging, just arms locked out, just straight hanging. Um, and what I'll want you to do is every upper body day, I want you, before you start your upper body workout, I want you to do this. I want you to do three sets of hanging from the, of the bar for 30 seconds. Um, if you can't get 30, let's say it's 15 seconds or 10 seconds. Cool. So do three sets of what you can do right now up to 30 seconds. Okay. Okay. So, that, yeah. so if you're doing the four day a week workout, then two days a week, you're going to start your workout with three sets of that. This is what you begin with. Um, because I want you to do it when you're the most fresh, not after the workout when you're tired already. Yeah. So that's what you do when you're done with your warm up. That's the first thing you do. And then once you can get to 30 seconds, then now you're going to, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to start hanging and immediately you're going to take that, you're going to move one hand over and, and you're going to, uh, and you're going to bring both hands over. And that's your next goal. Just, just one time, you're going to move one monkey bar over. And so from there, you go one monkey bar over, and you're going to do the same thing. You're going to go to hold there for, for up to 30 seconds, right? So first, you just hold up to 30 seconds for three sets, and that one and without moving. The next goal is move to the next bar, and then hold that for 30 seconds for three sets. Until eventually, now you're just moving across the entire monkey bar without and, and you don't need to wait for 30 seconds forever but until you get comfortable with that movement and enough of a grip strength to actually hold yourself there where you can just go across the bars no problem i really like that actually that's my most exciting one. Oh, good um because i think like it's got some really clear points where you've kind of like you've achieved something and you give yourself a pat on the back and think okay i've done the first bit and then you're excited to do the next bit it breaks it down into like manageable chunks 
Yeah, absolutely. That's that's exactly right. I'm I'm really excited about this one too, and and you have to post in the inner circle when you when or if you don't want to post in the inner circle, you don't have to. I would love it if you do, but at, oh, at I will the do. very I'm least, quite, I quite actually doing that type of thing the whole way through the weight loss. Good, because um, <laughs> actually it gives you the accountability, doesn't it? If you think, so I'm thinking like. I can't wait to be able to post in the inner circle when I can do the whole thing of the monkey bars, whether I'm 60 or 50 or whatever. I'm because I've had this conversation with you. I'm going to have to do it now, aren't I? Yes, that's and and it'll be so cool. It's one of the cool things, like whether you post wherever you post, but if you're doing it in the inner circle, people will become invested in your goal with you, and they'll appreciate it so much more in a year when you take a video of yourself going back and forth down the the monkey bars when they saw the first ever video of you just getting comfortable dropping to the floor. Um, yeah. They'll, I, and they'll be so support as you know, but like, I love that. And also I just want to say like, I didn't think of the goal of just dropping down first. That was you. Um, I love that goal. I like it a lot because the first thing uh, that, that you learn when you start jujitsu is you learn how to fall. And and it's you learn how to fall because you almost, no one realizes like they don't know how to fall when you they, one of the people they when people they fall on the ground they break their hip they break their shoulder could be life threatening especially as you get older um, it was funny because when I was in Greece actually I fell uh, I fell on a rock and my and I was totally fine I didn't get hurt at all I like did I without thinking I in, immediately went to the fall that I do in jiu-jitsu and I was totally fine not even a scratch and my wife was like holy shit like mo I like how did you do that and I, I was like how did I do what and she's like you fell but like nothing happened and I was like oh I just I learned that in jiu-jitsu that was the first thing that we learned and it, it's I love that because most people think of Oh, well, you're starting jujitsu, you're going to learn how to choke people out or how to break their arm. It's like, no, you, you learn how to keep yourself safe. And that's sort of what you're doing here is you're not, you're not trying to figure out how do I get to the end and back as quickly as possible. It's no, first I need to make sure, how do I remove the fear? How do I make sure I'm safe? And I thought, I, I just think that was such a genius first progression. And, and I think that it's going to be such a, a huge relief to you when you, when you drop for the first time and you're totally fine that it's it's going to allow you to make such quick progress. Yeah, it's all in the mind, isn't it? And if you can sort that out, then the progress comes a lot easier. That's something I've learned as I've gone through the journey, really. Yes, I, I completely agree. So, yeah. so how, how do you do you feel good with those goals? Are, are you excited about those and you feel like a little bit motivated and ready to go? Yeah, so I've got them written down and yeah, so I've, I've got the three main ones. So that's good. That'll last me for a few years, which is good. And <laughs> hopefully I'll make some progress. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm kind of strangely more, most excited about the monkey bars, which is a bit weird, but that's probably me altogether. I, I love um, that. I, I'm excited about it, too. Like, I can't wait to see your post and to hear from you and hear how you're doing. Like, I think this is going to be amazing. Um, that's cool. So can I just ask you one more question? Absolutely not. No way. Yes, of course. <laughs> um, so it's probably around, so I can't remember exactly when it was. It was probably, oh, about six months ago. I can't remember exactly. I, I sort of dabbled a bit with momentum and trying to increase my calories, but um, I've kind of gone back a bit to, I, I guess the approach I take, I try and I try and do probably weekly calories 
because I'm um, an so a calorie cycling approach where you know the easy days on a work day when you've got all your food prepped and sorted it's really easy I can be relatively you know 100% on point then and but then when a social event comes up you go a bit higher so over the whole I have an average of the week and at the moment I'm averaging if you ignore last week when I was on holiday but um I'm normally averaging about 1700 which is a definitely a deficit for me yep um and I need to do that for a little bit for probably the next four to six weeks to get back in my comfort zone um okay. but after that I wonder if I should be thinking again about you said something earlier in this conversation about being scared about increasing your calories and that is me to a T because I'm so scared of going back to where I was and I did it a bit and I managed to get it up to about 1950, 2000 and was still maintaining with really good consistency because obviously the consistency is key and I'm wondering if, if that's something maybe for you know the start of next year I should be thinking about going into I mean for the rest this month's really hard I've got a lot of social events on so this month is about just trying to be as consistent as I can and sticking to it and on the good days that you know I probably will be down at the 1700 but I wonder if come next year I should be thinking about slowly starting to increase them again because it puts you in a more sustainable position long term doesn't it yeah that's exactly right yeah it, it puts you in a from a from a nutrition and from a mental and emotional perspective and a long-term sustainability it's that's you, you can't be in a calorie deficit forever you just can't um so yes absolutely i think that's the right way to go about it but the the other thing i'll say that i think is sort of the the unsung hero of of increasing your calories more to maintenance momentum is how freaking good you feel in the gym is unbelievable uh, it's actually crazy what happens when you transfer from a deficit to momentum and all of a sudden you're in the gym and around the time that you'd be start feeling tired and wanting to get out you just feel like a machine and you just feel great and your lifts feel good and usually you feel like at a certain point in the reps like you're starting to get tired or fatigued and as you increase your calories like you can keep going and you can use heavier weight like it's it's the best and it's 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 scary i understand it it is it is scary especially the first time you do it but it is addicting once you actually trust yourself enough to do it and then you feel how great you feel in the gym it's like oh it's the best thing in the world it's not so the best thing in the world there are other great things in the world but it is a good one <laughs> <laughs> so how long um so I guess the approach I've had at the moment is that, you know, I guess I have, you know, I'm really on it on point for about six to eight weeks and then I've ended up having a holiday and then I'm back on point on it for six to eight weeks. And I, I just kind of, for, for the long term, I, ultimately I'd love to be that person that goes out for a social event has what they really want to eat but doesn't overeat for the sake of it because it's the day they're off plan you know and the person that I mean I would never have like two desserts or anything like that but I would ever very rarely if it was a day that I wasn't you know I was going out and thinking oh stuff it it's one night it'd be really rare for me not to have a dessert or anything even if I was full and I, I just would like to get to be the person that is a bit more 
stable all the time. I mean, I'm, I'm nowhere. I'm so I've come such a long way in ten years, but I still feel like I've got a little bit to go in that. Yeah. Well, listen. <laughs> what I'm about to say might not be what you want to hear, um, but it's the truth. So I'm going to say it. I can't remember a time where I've went out to dinner with other people and didn't get dessert just because I wasn't hungry. (laughs) Just to be very honest with you. Like I, there've been times where I haven't finished it because like I was really stuffed and I wasn't hungry anymore. But I mean, I I guess this would be different if I was going out seven nights or five nights or, or very often, but I go out to dinner, I don't know, one or two nights a week. And if I'm not hungry, like this people are like, I can't believe you're a fitness professional. I'm still ordering the dessert. Like I'm still going to share it with someone at least. Cause like it's delicious and I'm spending a, a night out with friends or family. And like, that's what, that's what I do. Uh, and I'm not the leanest fitness professional. Like I don't have shredded abs all the time, but I probably have a lot more fun than them. And I'm still like, thank God, very healthy. Uh, and I live life. Uh, and so this might, I know you mentioned earlier, like you, you tend to be a little bit of a harsh critic of yourself and that's why you tend to do well with someone who's a little bit more encouraging as a coach, which is very self-aware. And I, I respect that you can tell that and you, you would know that about yourself. I think this might be that side of you who's like being a little bit too harsh. Whereas, I mean, if you were eating out five, six, seven times a week, it'd be like, Hey, we got to get this under control. You can't be doing that every night, but occasionally on the time where you go out and you might not be hungry, but you still order the, the I don't know, the coconut cream pie because it was fucking delicious, even if you weren't really hungry. Like, cool, that's fine. That's, that's part of life. Yeah, I guess I try and think at the start of each month on my, I, I look at the consistency thing and I think, right, in that month, which which are the days that are really important for me to, to you know, go out with friends and not have to worry about it? So I, I always look at the month and think, okay, say it was my birthday obviously on my birthday I'm going to eat cake and whatever so that that is definitely going to be an order no question about it and then I've got like a party and that's going to be an order so I think okay well I've got these orders so I then need to make these days x days so my consistency is okay um so before I went to Tunisia I had two full weeks of 100% consistency because I knew I wasn't going to be sticking to it in Tunisia so that made <laughs> Even though I've had a week's holiday, I still hit 62% this month, which is, which isn't great, but it's, um, pretty damn good. Cause I had a week's holiday. Yeah, um, that's exactly right. Um, but I like to hit about, if, if, I, if I hit 70%, I think that's a good place for me because it's a good balance between having some fun, but with 70% consistency, I'll maintain with 80% consistency, my weight will go down um, with 60%, you know, it'll probably go up a bit, but I can do something about it next month. So that's the way I kind of approach it. I love that. I I think that's exactly right. I think it's a, a great sort of framework to understand when you'll maintain, when you'll gain, when you'll lose. And it's kind of cool seeing the trend line because you can see then if it started to creep up, then you can kind of do something about it, hopefully, because that's what I'm looking at long term is I don't, there'll be times it fluctuates up and fluctuates down, but I don't want it to creep up over time. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's, that was one of my favorite things about the app development was finally having a trend line, because anytime I would, I would graph my weight when I would publicly do a cut on Instagram or something, people are like, oh, how do you get the trend line? How do you get the trend line? And I was like, man, people really need this. 
so that they can see like what number one their consistency what percentage consistency they're being but number two like even if the, their weight spikes up they can still see what the trend is because that's really what matters so it's yeah i'm glad that you're using that and that it's been helpful yeah it's really good it is so okay, cool. do, do you feel good about that like no hey like listen if i'm going out to eat i'm getting dessert like i just am like <laughs> yeah, it's okay. right. Probably, you know yeah and I, I think it's just it's just getting the balance right isn't it and not eating like an idiot for the sake of it but correct but having fun with your friends and not completely depriving yourself and doing the important stuff in life because life's short we need to enjoy it that's exactly right and listen like today I, i've had a, a big salad with salmon and vegetables and uh i had some greek yogurt with berries like the vast majority of what i eat is is nutrient dense high quality food so there's no reason why the couple of nights a week that i go out to eat with with my friends or my wife or whatever like i have to be so strict like it's okay this is this is called balance that's what it is and i think it takes time to understand what is balance for you um if if you were saying, hey, I want to step on a bodybuilding stage in 16 weeks, I'd be like, okay, well, that means you're probably going to have to cut those out. But frankly, Claire, that's why I fucking hate bodybuilding and why I don't do that. And like, I have no interest in doing that or talking or not talking, but or coaching people through that because it sounds terrible. It just sounds awful. Like I have no interest in that. And some people are like, well, I don't want to coach people through jujitsu because getting choked out sounds terrible. I'm like fair play. So do what you enjoy. But in terms of nutrition, I'm at a point in my life and coaching career where if you want to have dessert when you go out to dinner, even if you're really not that hungry, like go for it. It's, that's not going to be the decider of your progress. What decides your progress is what you do the vast majority of the time, like throughout the the rest of your days and the rest, like when you're at home and working and, and when you have control of, of your food, that's when the majority of your progress happens. Yeah, I mean, I, I did, did a photo shoot just before my 50th birthday, which I worked really hard for. I, I posted the picture in, the, in a circle. I mean, so I've got like the bikini picture just before I was 50. Yeah, yeah. I worked really that I work really hard for so I've been there and done that I've got that picture I've got it up in my I've got a converted garage where I've got my weights which if I, if I work at home that's where I do it and I've got that picture on the wall in there to inspire me I love that that's amazing you're you're doing amazing you and I think you're right I think you are you're hard on yourself so finding that grace and and having some some open-mindedness to to have more balance like you, you've really got things in check you're doing incredible work and i'm very impressed with you I, I really am and i don't say that lightly i'm very impressed with you i think you're doing great job a great job and i'm excited to see all of your progress and to see the get the monkey bars into your chin up and your deadlifts like i'm excited to see all of it okay cool thank you of i really course, appreciate I you taking the time to talk to me it's it's my absolute pleasure. It's been uh, wonderful getting to speak with you. I hope we get to meet someday soon in person. And I also hope you know if you ever need anything, you can always reach me. You know, please reach out. I'm always here to help. Thank you. Yeah, that's great. That's brilliant. I mean, I try and join the lives when I can, and they're really good. <laughs> well, good. Thank thank you so much, Claire. Uh, have a wonderful wonderful night, and I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye.
That wraps it up for this episode of the Jordan Syatt Mini Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And Claire, thank you so much for coming on. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, please leave a five-star review on iTunes. They really do help a lot with the show. And again, if you'd like to join the Inner Circle, you can do that at the link at the show notes, www.sfinnercircle.com.